This is the Mosaic Church Podcast. Mosaic Church is committed to making disciples that discover Christ, connect in Christian community, and serve others and the world. Hey, last week we talked about doubt. And um, if you weren't here, we were talking about Doubting Thomas, and we showed a picture of him, uh, a rendition of him, uh, wanting to put his finger in Jesus' side. We read the scripture, and we've also talked about how Doubting Thomas gets a bum rap because uh, he is basically doing what we all want to do, is that you know we want to make sure uh, that who Jesus said he was and what he did is actually true. And so one of the things I remember is from last week is that we are blessed. Blessed are your eyes. Blessed are those that we don't see Jesus in person, but our eyes see and our ears hear. And we, we talked about how blessing it is. And I talked last week how difficult it could be I know when I watched the show, The Chosen, on, on television, that I struggled with, and I was being honest, I struggled with the humanity of Christ. You know, I try to place myself in the disciples uh, or the people of that time. If, if this person all of a sudden started coming to my village, and he's telling me that he's the Messiah, uh, I, my natural tendency is to be as cynical of it. Anybody else there with me? Yeah, like, okay, who is this guy? Uh, why would he say that? And um, why now? You know, all those things, I imagined myself asking those questions. And I imagined if I saw the miracles and I saw someone come to life and I saw uh, people get healed and blind eyes uh, were opened and you know, de- uh, deaf ears were opened, and I still would, I'm just telling you who I really am. My guess is that I would still like, I'm not sure. Uh, you know, it's like, I can only imagine Jesus, like, how much more do I need to do? And I'm like, I know, right? And so the thing we loved about Thomas is that he's no different than any of the disciples. You know, they all weren't like automatic believers. They had to see in order to believe. But the scripture tells us we are blessed that we believe without seeing. However, I didn't say this last week, but we believe that the disciples saw Jesus. And there were 500 other people who saw Jesus actually die and uh, go into the grave for three days and was raised from the dead. So it's not like there are certain uh, religious cults out there that they say they saw with their eyes, but no one actually ever saw any of these special book plates. You know, so when it came down to it, they were saying they were only seeing with their spiritual eyes, but no one ever actually saw those plates with their physical eyes. We're not saying that. We're saying that we is a blessing that God gives us a gift to see and hear and believe in Jesus what the disciples saw in actual person. Does that make sense? So it's not like blind faith. It's not just being blind, but there is uh, some some, uh, tr- there's truth to what the disciples experienced, and we are also believing that the Lord gives us a gift to see. And so I, I really was encouraged last week to, to um, encouraging you to just really just begin to allow God to bless you and allow, and, and call it a blessing that, um, excuse me one second, that uh, you get to believe. Not everybody gets to believe. I was here Easter Sunday, 
And I imagine there are people that didn't know the Lord, but it wasn't, it cannot be from my eloquent speech or my message that was going to open their eyes and their hearts. And that's been one of the biggest relief as a pastor. You know, the Holy Spirit has to do his work. It's not going to be because of me. Now, God might use me, but it's still the Holy Spirit going to be moving. And he'll open blind eyes, soften people's hearts, and allow them to hear the truth. And we talked about it, you remember at Easter, the people that missed Jesus. They had Jesus right in front of them and still missed him. And I want to challenge you, don't be that person where Jesus has been introduced to you. He has been, you, you know about Jesus. You have seen Jesus move in other people's lives. And you may even come to church every week and still miss him. And so this morning, I wanted to continue our conversation with uh, doubt. So if you have your Bibles, Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28. Many of you know Matthew 28, 19. Anybody know what Matthew 28, 19? Go and, yes, go and make disciples. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. But does anyone know what 28, 17 says? Without looking. Yes, it tends to be overlooked. Uh, the famous passage, we all know Matthew 28, 19, which we are going to talk about, not today, uh, but we will. And so, Today's message really is uh, a continuation of after Jesus was raised from the dead and, and what the interaction with the disciples. Okay, let's go to 28.16. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee. This is after the resurrection uh, because they were told to do so. Um, they went to, uh, into Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they, okay, when they, you want to underline the word they, saw him, they, underline that, worshipped him, but some, underline the word some, doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe everything that I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So today's sermon is, uh, it's called Some Doubted. Now, if you're new to our church, I just want you to know that I am not here to hit a home run every Sunday. I, we don't play that game. It's not up to me to knock a home run so that your life is changed, okay? So we don't play that. I don't put that weight on me, and, uh, and I pray that you don't put that weight on me. But it is up to the Holy Spirit to speak into your heart. Your role is to say, Lord, speak to me. Lord, what are you trying to say to me through the pastor's message? It's not like if the pastor has an awesome message, maybe I'll take something from that. Uh, let's, let's not do that. Um, you know, sometimes I may come up here and bat one out of three or uh, two out of four. And some Sundays it might be four out of four, you know. Um, and so, but let's allow the Holy Spirit to do his work. So we don't put the pressure on me. We put the pressure on the Holy Spirit and your heart to say, God, speak to me. So what is the Lord going to speak to you this morning? Have you ever doubted? Don't raise your hand. 
But I'll raise my hand. I have doubted. Now, I know that may be a little strange to hear that a pastor has doubted. I'll tell you some other things I've actually doubted. Uh, I'm going to be open and vulnerable here. I have doubted that I should stay married to my wife. And I'm being serious. There are times where I thought, Lord, what did you do? And don't raise your hand if you can concur with me. Um, I've doubted. Um, and so it's very interesting, this passage. It literally says there, when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Some doubted. What are we talking about? What does this passage really mean? And how does it relate to you and me? That's a good question. I would literally go home and begin to just kind of unravel this. Now, there's some people that say that disciples were experiencing just a vision, and we don't think that. In other words, there's some, uh, I'd say, liberal believers or Christians. I would say there are people who say they're Christians who think liberally that Jesus didn't actually physically rise from the, raise from the dead. He just kind of, uh, it was just a vision that they saw. It wasn't real. I was at a uh, Veritas Forum on campus probably 10 years ago now or longer, and the debate was with Os Guinness or William Lane Craig and this other guy that didn't believe in the physical resurrection of Jesus, yet he called himself a Christian. It was really uh, unique to me to hear that. But some people think that, that the some doubted means like uh, that's just saying that he wasn't real. Uh, some Christians say that these words prove that to use the resurrection as evidence is not a good and wise idea. It is interesting. I've been stumbling across some YouTube videos of some pastors who believe that, which I, I didn't know that was the case. Others think that uh, this just verifies the, the truthfulness of the gospel because they're just being open. Like, we have some disciples that actually doubted, or we have some people of uh, the 500 that just doubted. So it's, it's very interesting what people think. And uh, I think what we should do is just continue to uh, go on our journey. Uh, we had Easter celebration, and now we're continuing with our journey with the disciples and how they interacted with Jesus until the ascension. So the question we need to ask is, who's doing the doubting? So look at that verse again. Look at this, the, the way the sentence structure is. Who is doing the doubting? It says this. Then the 11 disciples went away into Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. And we know that from Matthew 26. He says, on the night of his arrest, Jesus told his disciples that he would rise from the dead and then to meet them in Galilee. So this is what happened. So now they're meeting him in Galilee. So the 11 went to Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had appointed them. When they, who is they, saw him, they, whose they, worshipped him, but some, who are the some, doubted. But some doubted him. So we know it was, at minimum, we know it was the 11 disciples. And why is there not the 12th disciple? We have one that's already gone. And we're not even sure um, exactly where this happened. Was this in front of the 500 people that we could, we're going to see later, that Jesus ascended, right before he ascended, he, 500 people saw him, or was this just the 11? 
did Matthew just not reference the 500 and just talked about the 11? But this is important, and you need to begin to ask yourself, how does this, what does this mean to me? What does that mean to us today? So the 11 disciples went into Galilee when Jesus appeared to them. They worshiped him, but some doubted. Many, many believe that the appearance happened on the hillside where the 500 were all gathered together. But here's the thing, and I, I'm not trying to just uh, find some random verse thinking, let's cool, let's try to unpack it. Uh, I think there's a reason and meaning for us today. Again, we're on this journey with the disciples after the resurrection. I believe it's just the 11. But even if it isn't, it doesn't matter. But right now, the focus is on the 11 who are present. Sorry, I better shut this down. But I'm going to tell you, there's another question you should have been asking. You know, a lot of times we use words, and you think I am projecting a meaning to it because you've already have an idea what the meaning is. And uh, so you think we're, we're saying the same thing. And I want to challenge you that we're probably not. The word is doubt. The question you should be asking is, what is doubt? And so it's really neat. If you just uh, do a little concordance research, you realize that the word doubt used in Matthew 28 is not the doubt that you and I are thinking. Like the doubt I told you that should I still be married. There's a different kind of doubt, and I'll explain it. It's, It's the kind of thing that you have a hard time wrapping your mind around. Uh, I've shared this story, but I'll share because it's share two stories. One was when I, I when I got the word that my dad had passed away last January twentieth. My sister told me I could hear my mom crying on the other end that dad has passed. And Lauren, I don't know were, were you here home? Yeah. Um, it was really hard. For me to wrap my, wrap this, what I just heard, wrap it around my mind. It didn't make sense. So that's kind of the word we're looking at, doubt. It wasn't that, it, I don't believe it, sister. Is that I'm having a hard time processing it. Um, I shared this story, uh, and I was sitting where uh, Britain is sitting, and the Lord was moving on my family, my son, Micah, and he came up to me and he laid his, his head on my shoulder and I was kind of engrossed in, this, in the moment, so I just noticed that somebody was on my shoulder. I did not know it was my son, Micah. And then when I kind of looked down, I saw, all I saw was his dark head of hair and that's not unusual pre-COVID to have someone just maybe cry on the shoulder and I'm like, and then I heard a voice that sounded just like Micah and it says, uh, I, I can't remember, son, it was either I love you or I'm sorry. And I remember hearing the voice and I'm thinking to myself, it sounded like Micah. And the top of his head looks like Micah. But I'm, and I'm being straight up with you, I did not think it was him. And then uh, Micah moved to the, the, the carpet here and the altar and he just spread out before the Lord. And I kept thinking to myself, and this is the truth. I'm not being, trying to be funny here. I literally thought to myself, man, that guy looks just like Micah. 
And it wasn't until, and really, I was having a, a struggle to wrap my mind around what was happening. Not because Micah was having an encounter with Jesus, that I've, Micah uh, is an, typically an introvert, and uh, I just had a hard time imagining him expressing outwardly what God has done inwardly. Anyways, I still didn't believe it was him. And it wasn't until I looked back and I saw Rhea, and Rhea's crying, it's like, it's Micah. <laughs> and then it was like, it is Micah. It, was like, it wasn't until she actually mouthed the words, and then I saw, I think, Joanne crying, then I saw other people crying. I, I literally, I was not, I was still trying to wrap my mind around it. So I think the next thing I said to maybe Rhea or somebody, it's like, go get mom, you know, because Robin was downstairs. And so this is what's going on. It's like, and can you imagine, you actually saw Jesus die, you saw him get tortured, and then, um, and although you might have had that experience still with Jesus coming into the room and you've touched his side, I'm wondering if, let's just be real, if that still wasn't a hard thing to wrap your mind around. And I think it's true. So the doubt here is not unbelief, but more like hesitation, like pause. They were, they were, their mind, they they needed to stop and allow their, what they're seeing to catch up in their mind. It's kind of like saying, am I dreaming? Can this be real? Uh, uh, It's funny how, you know, you're married long enough, you, you feel a whole all sorts of emotions, right? I remember thinking I was living a dream when my wife was coming down the aisle. And so, uh, and uh, I was going to be funny. They're like, not a nightmare. Later on, it was a nightmare, but in the beginning, it was a dream. And so, um, and, and again, the nightmare is the, the, the conflict, right? If you guys have been long, married long enough, and especially Robin and I, we were, were almost polar opposite in a lot of ways. And so uh, I was living a dream at one moment and having some pause and doubt in another moment. And the disciples are, I believe, are experiencing this. They're like living a dream. Maybe they don't know how to respond to him. Maybe their inquisitive minds are still questioning, how do I worship him? Because Good Jewish boys were learned to that you only worship God and him alone. And so there's that like, what do I do here? What do I do with the supernatural occurrence that just happened? How do I react? How do I respond? Do I bow my knee to this uh, supernatural, exalted, holy being? So, how does this respond to you and me? Well, here at Mosaic Church, it's okay. We leave room for people to have pause. You know, there's moments like, I'm following a guy that lived 2,000 years ago, a Middle Eastern guy, you know, and I've given my whole life to him. That sometimes, if you say it out loud, it make you Pause. But this Middle Eastern guy we call Jesus literally changed my life. 
And God has allowed me to see and hear things that I couldn't see or hear before that moment. So this morning, you might be in that boat. It's interesting. If you read the stories carefully after the resurrection, like some people were with Jesus and didn't recognize him. Until what? Until they heard him. Remember that you had the disciples were in the boat and they were fishing. And uh, Jesus was there. But it seems as though they didn't recognize him until he spoke. Until he spoke. Uh, even before that, do you remember, do you remember when... Uh, and Peter walked on water. What happened? He had both experience. He had faith, and then he had pause. And I'm here to just tell you this morning in Mosaic Church that we don't look down at people who are having pause. Because those beliefs, I, I believe, will come from time to time. But as we learned last week, it's not pause and turn away, it's pause and keep moving forward. Just like in my marriage, there were times where I had paused, and by the Holy Spirit allowing me to just trust in him, I still took that step forward. We moved forward, and we moved past those moments of pause. And so I just love that it is in the scripture, because what happens it just keeps moving forward, doesn't it? When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them, and he freaked out over their doubts. No, he said, he, keep going. He says, he said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. I have a, a job for you, disciples. Keep moving forward. Therefore, and go make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So this morning, what, is this, how does, what does this mean to you? I think one of the challenges of, for us here 2,000 years later, Western, left brain, first world people, is that sometimes it's easy to admit with our mouth than actually living it out in the flesh. I think the disciples struggled with, like, uh, what do I do? And I appreciate that. I believe God continues to move forward with his disciples because he has a global plan to make disciples. And he uses people that had pause, the disciples. And God wants to use you. So this morning, I'm not going to... Uh, labor here too much longer, other than saying that keep moving forward. Keep moving forward in faith and allow God to speak to you. Allow speak, people to speak to you. I just want to share one last thing that, as I'm, I already mentioned it, that the John chapter 20, the fishing story, that some of them were unsure how to react. They knew, they had no doubt that he was raised from the dead. 
but they were still unsure. At first, they were afraid. Some of us in this room might still be in that fear stage. And the Lord is speaking to you this morning. Trust, get out of that boat. He has spoken to you. They were afraid, but he comforted them when they were, we saw the picture, he comforted them by showing him his hands and his side. I wrote here, the disciples already believed Jesus had risen from the dead, but minutes late, uh, earlier, they told the two disciples who had seen Jesus on the road to Emmaus, the Lord is risen indeed and appeared to Simon, but now they could not see him with their own eyes. They had pause. This is one of my favorites, and I'll end with this. Do you remember earlier on, there was a man demon-possessed, son, pleaded with Jesus to cast out the demons, and Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believe. And do you have any idea what the man's response was? He says this. It's very intriguing. He cried out, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Matthew 9. So maybe this morning you're at home watching online or you're here and you need help with your pause, with your relationship with Jesus, with the relationship that Jesus gave you in your, in your home, maybe with your kids. And I want to encourage you this morning. The Lord is here. He wants to help you with your pause, your unbelief. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness and kindness. We thank you for your, uh, Lord, your patience with us. Lord, thank you for allowing our eyes to see and our ears to hear. Lord, help us to always keep our eyes clear from cloudiness and things that would uh, blur our vision. Lord, help us to keep our spiritual ears clear to hear the Holy Spirit. And Lord, we ask that you would speak to us and show us to continue that light on the path, to continue forward in our journey with Jesus. But Lord, there might be times where we do pause and doubt, trying to wrap our minds around what's really going on. I can imagine there's a demonic being cast out, but it's hard to believe. It's hard to wrap your mind around. And Lord, I pray, God, that you would help us. Help us. Help me to continue in my journey with you. And Lord, I know that you don't want us to live in this state, but Lord, Lord, we know that you want us to live in the fullness of the Spirit. But Lord, we ask for your help and your guidance. Lord, I pray God this morning here at Mosaic Church or online, I pray God that all of us would learn how to encourage one another and spur one another in our journey with Jesus to pray for one another, to encourage one another, have a word of knowledge for one another. I pray, God, that all of us would, would begin to live out what you have uh, called us to live in this community, in our homes, and in this church. We love you, Father, and I pray, God, that you would be with us as we continue on this journey of the disciples after the resurrection. And Lord, we say thank you. We love you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. May the Lord be with you. He is risen. God bless you. We are dismissed. 
We want to thank you for listening. We pray that you were blessed and encouraged. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to this podcast and listen whenever you like. To find out more about Mosaic Church, please visit www.mosaicchurchtlh.com.